Hey guys, welcome to The Creative Entrepreneur, and today we have a special guest, and we're going to be talking about neuroplasticity and neuromarketing. What the heck is it? Well, if you want to know more, stay tuned. You don't want to miss this episode. Coming to you from San Antonio, Texas, welcome to The Creative Entrepreneur, a podcast created to help entrepreneurs build their business, branding, marketing, analytics, positioning, and lead generation, plus interviews with other business owners to learn from their successes and failures. Now, here is your host, Abel Garza. Welcome back, everyone, to The Creative Entrepreneur, and today we have a special guest. We have Mike Vulcan. He's a serial entrepreneur, a U.S. Army veteran, and the author of five books, one of which is a bestseller. He's built and sold four of his own companies and worked with over 400 companies as a chief marketing officer. Currently, Mike is the lead instructor of Freelance Masterclass, which is a nine-step online course designed to help freelancers grow their business and increase their time off. Please help me welcome Mike Vulcan. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. You know, I'm very excited to have you on the show today because it introduces a part of entrepreneurship or a part of something that... I'm not very familiar with, and I think most entrepreneurs are not familiar with either, neuroplasticity. So I understand yeah. you went to grad school and you learned a little bit about neuromarketing. What is neuroplasticity? First of all, great job saying it correctly. <laughs> most people, it's a kind of a tongue twister. Uh, yeah, I went to school with uh, you know a, a science degree. I got a, grad, a graduate degree in um, uh, science, but along the way I studied neuroscience a little bit. But lately, neuroscience has really um, uh, taken a new kind of shape, I guess, is the best way to say it, because in the last few years, scientists are now actually able to uh, measure with def with definity the actual neurons that are firing off in your brain. They're actually able to, neuroscience has, in the last few years, have made leaps and bounds over the last century or so of, of uh, analyzing it. A lot of great studies have come out. So neuroplasticity is a term that refers to the brain's amazing ability to change and adapt to our environment and situations. And from the moment our brain starts to develop until the day we die, the connections within the brain cells recognize in response to our changing needs. So, you know, this neuroplastic brain we have allows us to learn from and adapt to different experiences. The things we do often we become stronger at and our brains are constantly being shaped by experience. And as I mentioned, what's exciting is in the last decade or so, because of the advances in technology, scientists have now confirmed through testing that our repeated thoughts, our actions actually reinforce the neural pathways. So essentially, our thoughts can in fact change how our brain works. We can actually definitively reinvent ourselves and change habits based on not only the way we think, but uh, how we think uh, and in fact change our entire identity, which is something that was kind of theorized in the past up to about 10 years ago, mm -hmm. but now we can definitively prove it. That's amazing. I mean, is this something that was brought forth by uh, other scientists or is this something that you've mm -hmm. developed over the years? Now, this was done by a lot of scientists that are much, much smarter than me. They actually go through and they, they hook up um, uh, neuro, uh, electro pathways, electric uh, pads, I guess is the best way to say it, mm -hmm. onto people's uh, heads and studies, skulls, and they would get do various tests and actually be able to tech test the electrical impulses that's amazing I mean, uh, through different parts you, of the brain you think that these behaviors are somewhat inveterate or we're put into situations yeah. that cause us to 
to um, behave a certain way, but yep, the entire science behind it makes it, it's just amazing to me. It, it, is everybody the same, or can you know do people have the capability of changing the way they think, the way they, their behavior is? Yeah, good question. Uh, yes and no. To answer your question, everyone has a neuroplastic brain, uh, but every human is different. Some people are born with the ability to learn certain skills faster than others. Uh, take Roger Federer, for example, the, the tennis player. I'm I'm a big tennis player, so I like to use him as an example. He's arguably the best tennis player who's ever lived. You know, there are billions of people who have played tennis in the past, but he is the single best one. He hits the ball in the center of the racket every time, no matter how fast it's coming. He can hit a dime on the other side of the court pretty much at will. And then there's me, who, as a competitive tennis player, if I played for 500 years, I couldn't reach that level. But it's more than just being born with a skill, it's developing that skill to, that takes you from good to great is what really matters. And connections within the brain are constantly becoming stronger or weaker, depending on what is being used. Younger people change easily. Their brains are very plastic at that age, especially toddlers and children. They can learn foreign languages easier than someone who's an adult like myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we age, uh, change doesn't come as easily. The brain loses some of its plasticity and we become more fixed in how we think and how we learn and how we perceive experiences. And uh, I like to say, think of it like walking in, in the snow. It's the first time you're walking the path. You're making a new impression in the snow. That would be like creating a new neural pathway in your brain. Uh, the more emotion that is tied to that new neural pathway, the deeper it is. So picture walking along that same path over and over again. That pathway is becoming a deep neural connection in our brain. And when I was in grad school in the year 2000, I was studying neuroscience, as I said, and I remember the professor saying on the first day to all of us who were young adults in the class, he said, our brains are simply trying to slow decay and that no new neural pathways are being created. And this was widely accepted by the neuroscience community at the time. And now we know it is completely false. Our brains are constantly creating new neural pathways and constantly evolving. You know, that reminds me of the author, uh, well, Anthony Robbins, where he talks about yes. this unlimited power, where he goes in and he mm-hmm. rewires his brain to accommodate certain things in his life, maybe some bad things that have happened in his life. And then somehow he just puts it into perspective as how you can just rewire yourself to believe something else, whether it be in your personal life, your professional life, to balance that using some sort of mental reshaping of either something that happened bad in your life or just to perpetuate something that was good. So how can entrepreneurs right now, how can they take advantage of neuroplasticity? Well, um, there's a few things. I probably would start off giving you, in the interest of time, I could give you like three to five tips real quick for this podcast. Um, the first thing is sleep. That's the obvious thing. Um, sleep is very important. Your brain needs sleep to reset brain connections that are important for memory and learning. And studies show that just one night of losing sleep restricts the brain's ability to reset itself, which impairs your memory. So entrepreneurs, just remember, everyone who's out there listening, get seven to nine hours of sleep a day. The problem is that entrepreneurs often sleep less than others. I don't know if there have ever been any studies proving this, but as a serial entrepreneur myself, I can tell you from experience, I have had far too many late nights and early mornings spent working. We don't clock in at eight or out at five. So tip number one is for all you entrepreneurs to get enough sleep because being an effective entrepreneur relies directly on being disciplined, being priority driven, being focused on your goals. And you just can't do that in a tired state of mind. Right. Um, tip number two, I know I can see you on Skype. I'll tell you you're sitting down, but my recommendation 
If you sit down at work, please stand up. Your brain is more active when you're standing. Whenever I'm not standing at my stand-up desk, I'm using a kneeling chair. Remember those, which are they're kind of really popular in the 80s and 90s, but <laughs> I use them. Um, it keeps your brain active, right? So hmm. do you have a standing chair or I'm sorry, a kneeling I chair? Do. Or a I definitely desk? do. I have one where there you go. I, I, I raise the desk and I just stand up. Yes, Perfect. definitely. That gets that creative juices flowing, creates new neural connections. It's it awesome. Um, tip number three would be to continue learning. You need to learn something new, learn a new language, read a new book, play a new sport, strengthen your skills as an entrepreneur by taking an online course, you know, whatever sounds fun to you. If you exercise, try a new workout, learning something new strengthens the brain and keeps it very neuroplastic. And, you know, speaking of exercising, that's another tip. Um, just because you go to the gym doesn't mean you have to do the same thing every time. Try something new. Exercising alone increases the oxygen supply to your brain, which again, helps to become very neuroplastic. So you get a two for one when you exercise. You get to uh, try something new, which creates new neurons, and you increase the oxygen supply to your brain, uh, which helps on a number of levels. That's amazing. You know, I, I need to get to the gym, by the way. And I know I have that muscle memory. I'm, I'm, I just need to get back there and, and get doing, yeah. doing those exercises again. What are some of the Me exercises too. that some entrepreneurs can do to help their day-to-day -day life with neuroplasticity? Yeah, there's a, a lot of cool exercises. Um, first, there's a there's a brain hack that's called the memory of loci. Have you ever heard of that before I by any chance? Not, no. It's an ancient technique, but it's now really getting uh, getting popular because of all these new advances in neuroscience. A uh, loci, L-O-C-I, is a Latin word meaning places, and this is a useful technique for all you entrepreneurs who need to remember things off the top of your heads. It would be a speech, maybe. It could be the names of people. I actually learned about this technique when I was trying my hand at uh, stand-up comedy. I was just fascinated with how comedians could remember an entire 30 or 60-minute speech and never miss a word, because you know with stand-up comedy, if you miss a word, the setup or punchline, the whole joke is, exactly. is bust. So, you know, um, all you need for this is a little imagination. And this hack works well because um, we're going to associate words with images. And your brain remembers images much better than it remembers words. Uh, think about a route you're familiar with. Okay. Mm -hmm. This route should have a beginning. It should have a middle. And it should have an end. So let's do this memorization uh, exercise together. Let's say we're gonna take a flight, okay? Now let's identify the key points along this route to take that flight. We're gonna walk in the terminal door, so the door's trigger number one, okay? Trigger number two, we're gonna get to the check-in counter. So the trigger there is the counter, all right? Point number three, we're gonna get to the security checkpoint. What's the trigger there? Security checkpoint, all right? Mm -hmm. Point number four, we're going to walk through the plane door. So what's the trigger there? The door of the plane. All right, so we're going to imagine the door of a plane. And the last point, point number five, the plane lifts off. It's coming off the ground. So the trigger point there is the plane lifting. What we are going to do now is imagine you walk in a conference room at work and your boss says, you know, please meet Jack, Jimmy, Diana, Hugh, and Phil. Now, if, if you're like me, it's very hard to remember names, okay? Especially a lot of them at once like that. So I'm now going to associate a silly thing with those trigger points, and we're going to remember those five names in just about 30 seconds or less. I'm going to teach you how to do this. You can memorize anything. This is how you've probably seen YouTube videos of people memorizing, you know, places of pi like a thousand times, you know, after, you know, a thousand digits after the decimal point. This mm -hmm. is how they do that, okay? So our first point was walking in the terminal door. 
the door being the trigger, and the first person they ask us to remember is Jack, right? So I'm going to picture me having to squeeze by the door because there's a guy using a jackhammer in the doorway. I'm going to imagine that, okay? The second trigger was the checkout counter, right? Mm -hmm. So the second person's name was Jim. So I remember when I was a kid, I used to put Jimmy's on my ice cream. They're now called sprinkles, <laughs> but they were called Jimmy's when I was a kid. So I'm going to picture walking up to the checkout counter and seeing a big pile of Jimmy's on the counter, right? It's something silly, but that's how your brain remembers it. Mm -hmm. The third trigger was a security checkpoint. And the third name was Diana. Diana starts with, you know, it sounds like die, right? Somebody's dying. So I'm going to picture a dead person at the x-ray machine at the security checkpoint. Sounds morbid, but this works. Mm -hmm. Okay. The fourth trigger is the door of the plane. And the fourth person, whose name was Hugh, Hugh sounds like huge. So I'm going to picture walking through the plane door, but it's really big. It's like 10 stories high. And the last trigger was the plane lifting off the ground. And the fifth person's name was Phil. So Phil sounds like a stewardess could be filling my drink as a plane lifts off. So now we're going to do a recall. The audience can play along. Who are these five people? I walk in the terminal door and I see who? Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah. A big Jack. Jack. Right? All right. So I get to the checkout counter and what do I see on the counter? Sprinkles. Big pile of Jimmy's, right? So the second guy's name is Jimmy. So you might think, well, this is hard because I got to associate all these points. But I'm telling you, if you use the same route over and over again, you don't have to think about the route. I'm just introducing the route to you for the first time. So it seems harder than it is. But I'm telling you, come up with your own route. Mm -hmm. I personally like to use a route as if I'm pulling into my house. You know, I see the mailbox as a checkpoint, the garage door, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So I approach the security checkpoint and the dead person who reminds me of who? Diane, Di Diane right? Diane, yeah. The fourth trigger was the plane's door, which was huge, mm -hmm. which reminds me of Hugh, right? Hugh, the person. And the last trigger, which is the plane lifting off, which is associated with Phil, because the stewardess name, because the stewardess was filling my drink and the person's name was Phil. Does that all kind of make sense and yeah, how that, it does. that works? It does. That's how an entrepreneur can remember anything from speeches to people's names to to-do lists. Um, I use it to, when my wife says she wants, like, she gives me clues on what kind of gift she wants. I'll keep it in my head like, okay, she picked this out at the counter and that, you know, I'll just, I can remember anything doing that kind of association like that. Mm -hmm. You know, I've often heard this with a house, like you walk into the house, you go through the front door, then you go through certain rooms and it's broken mm -hmm. up into different sections. Then you can go yeah. into different drawers and, you know, pull out different items to associate your speech or whatever it is that you're trying to remember. So this mnemonic, is this something that you regularly use on uh on a daily basis? I wouldn't say a daily basis, but I do have my, a, a route that I have that I use whenever I know I have to memorize something. In fact, I'm going to start using it more this upcoming year because my goal is to do a lot of public speeches and this is going to be my primary mode of, of uh, memorization. Now, the key here is you don't have to memorize word by word your speech. You just have to remember trigger points that will, will launch into the next two paragraphs or whatever to get you to, to remember what you need to do in what order. I'm going to have to start practicing this. It sounds it's like really an amazing, cool. yeah, it sounds like an amazing practice. I've heard of it plenty of times, but I've never mm -hmm. put it into place. And I think, you know, especially with all these things that are coming up in, in my life, you know, with regard to trying to remember certain things. And even if I'm going to go out there and do a speech, that would be perfect. I mean, you know, it, it yeah. just seems too simple to, to not do it. Yeah. You know, what, t what kind of, um, 
practices have you done? Like, have you put well, this into practice? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm hooked on a type of meditation, which is called creative visualization, which is actually kind of similar, but different in a way than what we, the exercise we just went through. I highly recommend every entrepreneur does creative visualization daily. Um, I mentioned earlier, I'm a competitive tennis player. So at last year's U.S. Open, a 19-year-old woman named Bianca Andreescu, uh, she made history by becoming the first player to win the Open in her main draw debut. It was the first time she ever played in the main draw. In fact, the year prior, she tried to qualify and she lost in the qualifying rounds. So naturally, people started asking her how she went from losing in the qualifying rounds one year then going on not only to win it the next year, but to beat the best player in women's history, and that's Serena Williams. How did she do that in the finals? And not only that, she beat in straight sets. So her answer was creative visualization, and she practices it daily. So creative visualization is directly tied to neuroplasticity. There are certain techniques on how to make creative visualization effective. So I learned how to do it, and I did it three times a day seven minutes each session. So 21 minutes a day is all it took. And what I did was I pictured myself playing better tennis, hitting a harder serve right in the corner, holding a trophy over my head and all those visuals that come with playing a great match. And after three weeks of doing this, I had my first real match, my first competitive match. I'm on a league. Um, and to be honest in this league, I lose more often than I win. You know, I'm not a, a fantastic player in this particular league. Um, I played someone who has a good record and I'll tell you from hit number one, I knew something was different. I played out of my mind that day and my opponent never won a single game. I won six Oh six Oh, and I've never done that before, especially during league play. Even, you know, it's uh, very rare for me to do something like that. And in fact, after the match, this opponent got in his car and he stormed off and complained to the team captain that I was in the wrong league. He thought, I was some kind of ringer or something. Uh, so from then on, I've been hooked on creative visualization. I've been playing great tennis ever since. In fact, the following week, I won my league match 6-2-6-0. I only lost two games. And there is no reason why any entrepreneur listening can't improve their entrepreneur skills through creative visualization. They just have to believe it'll work. They have to have a goal. They have to visualize and feel that goal on a daily, repeated basis. And you will be shocked at how, through the law of attraction, it will just happen. Things will just come to you. It's just amazing. I've done that before. And I think most successful people who know where they're going have done this probably without even knowing it. And mm -hmm. so just, uh, you know, lying in bed, thinking about what you need to do and visualizing it numerous times just over and over. And then all of a sudden it comes into fruition and then you're like, whoa, I can't believe it. It just yep. happened. And then it just continually doing that in your brain is just amazing. One of the things I want to talk to you about also is that I've had online businesses, I've had e-commerce businesses. How can people who are doing e-commerce mm -hmm. uh, utilize this technique? Yeah, well, that kind of goes into the neuromarketing aspect of it. It's how your brain reacts to certain buying decisions. That's, it's a really fascinating field. Uh, I'm a certified neuromarketer and, um, Neuromarketing is just brand new. Most time, I don't really advertise that I'm a neuromarketer because most people just have no idea what it is. Um, but you know, from an e-commerce perspective, if you own an e-commerce shop, first thing you want to do is you want to experiment with colors, right? Because every color represents some kind of different feeling from a, that user's perspective. Uh, color scheme is very important in marketing. Has a unique way of triggering the subconscious of the buyer and desires that they have um, to compel them to take certain types of action. Um, red is usually associated with stop or urgency. Okay. So if you have like a red call to action button, 
I would change that color. <laughs> um, blue is associated with trust. So if your brand, if you're building your own brand and, and part of that word that you try to use to build your brand is associated with trust and integrity, I would suggest making your website blue. Uh, black is associated with high quality. So if you're marketing like a luxury product, uh, I have a, a, a former client who is uh, marketing to very high net worth uh, vacation packages. Uh, um, vacation packages to very high net worth people and her whole website and everything was was kind of grayish and black for that reason. Orange, red, yellow, uh, which are associated with uh, being very inexpensive, right? So you might remember like Amazon buttons and stuff. They're yellow because they're they're known as a, the low price leader of a lot of products. That's um, studies have shown that consumers actually respond higher to relieving pain than seeking pleasure. That's kind of a neuromarketing tip for you. Uh, show how your product can reduce pain points for a potential customer rather than how it can make someone's life more enjoyable. So think about that as you're marketing your product. How can it reduce pain rather than um, enhance pleasure? Uh, studies show that scarcity helps. So people buy items that are very scarce in inventory. So showing something that only five left at this price that has been proven to help, even though it might seem kind of spammy. There's a great, you know, a nice way to do it, and there's a spammy way to do it. Mm -hmm. um, social proof, which is really hot right now, 84% uh, of people trust online reviews. So go heavy on positive reviews, uh, reviews and product endorsements. Uh, one more uh, I can think of, create a sense of urgency. Give potential customers the idea that they stand to enjoy certain benefits if they produce I'm sorry, if they pro uh, purchase your products within a certain period of time. So say something like, you know, this is available in the next two weeks or one week only, something like that. Maybe it's a bonus or a cross-sell or an upsell you're offering. So those are some of that I can think of off the top of my head that are specifically for e-commerce. Yeah, uh, that's great. I mean, that's excellent advice because a lot of people, when they start e-commerce, they're not thinking about color or color scheme or how it affects other people. And uh, right. when I was going through grad school in marketing, that was heavily emphasized. I mean, they yeah. went in there and they're like, you know, even just ads have a an effect on how people purchase or, or how oh, they yeah. you know, look at something. And you know, black being luxury. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't think so, but black, no, black usually I mean, is associated with gloom, right? And a bad, a dreary day or it's gray outside, but it actually is representative of luxury if you do it right. I mean, it's just not, I mean, design is everything, you know, take everything in stride. You really need a good designer to make a lot of this neuromarketing happen. I have orange right now, a lot of orange going on right there. What What is orange for you? You know what? I'm not sure. I, I think orange is associated um, kind of like with red and yellow is. It's kind of like uh, associated with being inexpensive. But orange is one of those colors that aren't really definitive, like the red and the blue and the black. Um, there are some colors that don't really have strong associations, but ultimately orange, red and yellow are associated with uh, an inexpensive product. Basically, orange is the new black. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> but anyways, uh, how can our listeners get a hold of you if they want to learn more about uh, about what you do? Yeah, well, I'm glad you asked. Um, the best way to, to do is go to Freelancer Masterclass if you're interested in, you know, if you're a side hustler or maybe you're a, a full-time freelancer looking to make more money, freelancermasterclass.com. In fact, I set up a free webinar series. It's like a four-part series for you. All your listeners, it's uh, just put the forward slash free at the end. So freelancermasterclass.com forward slash free. Um, and you'll get a free webinar series on how to build a six-figure income in three months or less. And um, I'm also very active on YouTube. And, you know, uh, 
if you wanted to follow me on YouTube, just go to youtube.com forward slash freelancer masterclass. And, um, Oh, you can, you, there's going to be a pop-up on my, my website, which is mikevolkin.com that, uh, you can sign up for my book that's coming out in a few months. It's called undervalued, uh, how mega profitable entrepreneurs get what they want and how you can too. There you go, guys, Mike Vulcan, uh, all of his links will be listed on the show notes. So please visit him, uh, check out his new book. I look forward to reading it. Mike Vulcan, thank you for coming onto the show. You're an inspiration to me. You're an inspiration to our listeners. And I'm so excited to have had you on the show today. Good luck in, so in everything that you do. And, and thank you so much for coming on. Thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. Let's keep in touch. Yes, sir. Hey, guys, if you haven't done so already, click that subscribe button. It really helps us out. Until next week, keep on keeping on. Thank you for listening to The Creative Entrepreneur. Please click the show notes for additional information. Want to know more? Click on the subscribe button and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by visiting us at tcepodcast.net.